All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spoilers Nation After Dark begins now. Depth scoring and Zach Hyman and awesome sweater house coat shawls from Leon Horvath. Tonight had everything in the Edmonton Oilers game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Ryan McLeod scored for the first time in forever. Corey Perry got on the board. Even Cody Ceci scored a goal tonight. Liam Hyman puts home two as the Edmonton Oilers defeat those Penguins six to one. Hello and welcome to Oilers Nation After Dark. My name's Aaron Bordado. We're breaking down an awesome, awesome game. I was saying in the chat, I had so much fun watching that one tonight. That was that was the least stressful watch in a while, Liam. Scored first, never really in doubt, padded a lot of stats. It was excellent throughout everything. Yeah, it was um not what I expected when Sidney Crosby comes to town and it's McDavid Crosby, but yeah, the Oilers kind of cruise through this game. We were talking uh, pre-show about, we didn't really realize the defensive parents of chains because we were just so relaxed watching this show of uh, this game. So yeah, it was a, uh, it was an easy breezy win for Edmonton, especially after yesterday where they had to work so hard for everything, run into a, a, a hot Philly Grubauer, I guess you could say. So, yeah, good win to be back on home ice and win four in a row for the team. Second night of a back-to-back for the Penguins, but it was also the second night of a back-to-back for the Oil, like you just mentioned. Well, let's call a spade a spade here. The Pittsburgh Penguins, just they looked like a team that was at the end of their road trip that had played yesterday. I believe Louie or someone said they got in at like 3 a.m. yesterday. That was just crazy to me. There is a lot of snow out there. And as you mentioned, Liam, we don't watch a lot of Pittsburgh Penguins games. That was the saddest one I've watched of Sidney Crosby in a very, very long time. Yeah, it really is kind of the the end of an era for the for the Penguins and the NHL, isn't it? It's uh, you you always know the legends are going to eventually die out, but you never really know how it's going to happen. And the one I'll always remember is not an NHL one, but just like slowly watching Peyton Manning disappear in the NFL that one season and somehow win on a Super Bowl was crazy. And that's how it kind of like Crosby's obviously going nuts this season, but just the Pittsburgh Penguins as a whole. It's like, where do they go from here? You know, I know they've like Gensel wasn't playing tonight. Uh, Rust was out as well, but like some of the names they were announced on the broadcast, like I've never even heard of this guy. I have no idea who this guy is. Jesse Pujalvi was saying the stands tonight. He, how is he not playing in this team? You know, so many random players. So I'm curious, Carl Dubas has some decisions to make coming up here with the deadline on Friday. We talked about it a lot on pregaming, but I was, this team just feels like, I don't know, the move to re-sign your Malkins and your Latangs and then trade out your pick, your first rounder, that is. For an Eric Carlson, who's still making $10 million for, what, another three seasons? They got their work cut out for him there in Pittsburgh. And I laugh that you mentioned it. I was thinking it the whole game. If Jesse Pugliarby wasn't good enough to crack that lineup, what the hell is going on over there? But yeah. it was a rough game. They're at the end of their road trip. I'm sure the Penguins will be happy to go back home. 
And I'm, I'll be honest, I am excited to play the Penguins again in what, a week or so? Is it next Sunday or it's next week? It's <laughs> next something. Sunday, 11 a.m. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like 10 30. Yeah, and then the one before is at 10 30. It's a yeah. morning game. We were doing pregame at like 9 a.m. at some points here in March. Never thought we'd see the day. I'll, I'll have a Caesar. I'll have a Caesar with me when I do yeah. that. that. Oh, there you go. There you see the schedule coming up. We got Boston on Tuesday. Columbus on Thursday, and then the trade deadline Friday. Shameless plug. Let me get it in. Tune in to Daily Faceoff Live on their YouTube channel on Friday. We'll be going live for hours, breaking down all the breaking information, trades, and everything that's going on. Tyler hosting Frank Saravoli. He'll be in his little insider box in the top of the screen. It's going to be a good time. Come hang out, and we'll also be live, Liam, doing mm-hmm. ONE right afterwards as well, right? Hopefully breaking down another Eckholm side. Yeah, I think they said three. Well, they, I mean, Tyler. Uh, <laughs> Tyler told us we're going to do it around, around three. I don't know what's going to happen. I really have no idea because the team looks good right now. And they, you obviously need to improve. But, like, where are they going to do it? There's so many so many different layers to it. I've floated the idea of even sending down Dylan Holloway today to, like, create a little bit of extra cap room, give him some some more playing time. People weren't too fond of it, which I was shocked about, to be honest. But, yeah, it's, uh, deadline's going to be fun. I brought that up on pregame today, Liam, and I said, well, I don't want it to happen. You totally made a good argument and a fine reasoning of why if you're getting less than 10 minutes a night on your fourth line is going all way. Is his development really even happening if it's in a role like that on the fourth line? I got some pushback in the chat a little bit as well, but I think when I broke down what you were trying to say, the people were on your side. There's also yeah. somebody in here, Mr. Cates, has to be Daryl. He says, Liam, my favorite ON person. I hope it's Daryl Cates' son, the <laughs> curly kid, who had a bit of a glow up. This is something that was glossed over. When the others came back from the All-Star break and played the Kings, it showed him with Dustin Johnson. And must say that curly ginger kid is, has got some looks to him now. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Because I had the same exact thought. I just thought of him always as the kid with Taylor Hall. The kid I was so jealous of at the time that got to have all the photos with the first overall pick. We're getting sidetracked. Let's pull it back in, rein it in for the Greta scoring summary for tonight's matchup brought to you by Greta Bar Yeg because it is the spot to watch a game in Edmonton. Enjoy any of their unreal features from incredible drink deals, delicious street food, awesome games, and of course, ice cold beer. It's always good there. Go check out Greta. They're the best. Liam, you were there yesterday. Brunch for Ben looked awesome. It looked like a really cool event. I said Tyler was given a lot of dad energy, being yeah. so nice to the kids. He hates dogs, but he's good with kids. Didn't see that one coming. How was the event to Greta? The event was cool. It's a, obviously a, a unique event to what we're, we're used to. So it was a different vibes. I have a, a couple of coffees instead of a couple of something else, you know? So it was a lot of fun. I th- I wish the game had more goals involved in it to kind of get the place hyped up. But I think the intensity kind of helped everything that was going on too. And it was cool. The Stelters were there. I think all the kids yeah. had fun. And Greta's such a great spot to host something like that because when the kids get bored, it's just like, okay, here you go, little Timmy. Go and play. Go play the basketball game. or go and kick Tyler off the football game. Just don't come back and don't bother me. <laughs> yeah, it's a good call. It looked like a really good time. I laugh here. Cody Cece said, I'm on my way to Greta now. <laughs> Buddy, you're a goal scorer. You do whatever you yeah. want. You tell Cade Aaron sent you. He will set you up. But I digress. Let's get into it here with the scoring summary. The first goal of the game scored by who else? Liam, Zachary, Martin, Hyman. McDavid and Hyman go down on their two-on-one. McDavid, crazy sight to see. Decides to keep and shoot the puck, but his hockey sense is so good. That's like me on shell. You're just going for low pad, looking for the rebound. Who else is there but number 18, Zach Hyman in the blue paint, puts her home for, at that point, number 41 on the year. And really from here, Liam, it was never in doubt. Yeah, they, they never really looked back from there, did they? Like you said, that was a, technically a shot by McDavid, but I think we all know what the play yeah. truly was. And now, Zach Hyman just keeps climbing closer and closer to 50, and my Twitter feed just keeps getting more full and full of people tagging editor and leaf. So it's uh, it's always fun when Hyman scores. <laughs> Dude, it's 
I mean, we'll get into it in just a bit, but Zach Hyman, if you're a Leafs fan, must haunt your nightmares or your dreams. Well, I guess they are nightmares if he's haunting them. There it is. I laugh at Maynard Nugent Spivey or Maynard Nugent, someone in the chat. Always changing up his name every single time. He says the Hymenator. Uh, what did you think of that nickname that Harder Ryan the other night was calling him the Hymenator? Little bit of a miss, but all out. I mean, I think the Hymenator is cool to say off a broadcast, but it's a bit of a mouthful to try and do over commentary. But also, shout out Hannah Ryan for bringing samosas into the broadcast the other day, too. I thought that was an interesting poll, but he brings a different flavor. There's no doubt about that. Hey, I'm a harder writing guy. He's no Jack Michaels. Jack Michaels referenced Seinfeld today with the Ricard, Raquel, Rochelle, Rochelle. I was I was laughing so hard because I was like, Jack, I also think of that every time I hear it. Let's get to the second goal, though. Scored by the worm, Corey Perry. It started in the Oilers' end. Because Calvin Pickard had made a huge save, I believe, on Sidney Crosby. And then you got to love it from Ryan McLeod. Patient, waits out the D-men. Last possible moment, centers it out in front. At this point, some people, I saw Connor Brown in the chat during the game, said you got to feel bad for Cody Cece as he is literally right behind Corey Perry looking to get that one. Perry's reaction was even kind of funny. He was like, oh, oh," and realized, and then like gave him a little punch and was like, oh, sorry, dude, all good. And uh, you got to love that from Ryan McLeod. You got some depth scoring here. Corey Perry, slow as shit going down the ice, but he got where he needed to get. Yeah, they should start calling him the turtle with the way he moves down the ice, not the worm. But yeah, it was a, it seemed like the Oilers had a bit of a game plan on the Djokovic and it was just crashed the net, right? Like I think they ended up scoring three that way. And the Penguins definitely definitely didn't make Djokovic look any better than he is tonight with the amount of breakaways the Oilers had. And to get a three-on-one in the NHL is a, kind of a unique situation, I guess. And yeah, finished off by the worm himself and a most vintage Corey Perry away right now, it seems like. Yeah, you'd say, but when you're a veteran like this and you have your hockey IQ, I mean, it's the ups and downs here. You've seen with the Corey Perry speed so far. Hey, tonight we will accept that. I do like this from Lance, and I just want to mention before I forget, he said, hey, can we talk about Jack saying this is the most energetic season during the regular season he has ever seen? Put a pin in that. Let's remember that. We're going to visit that later. But the third goal for the Edmonton Oilers scored by Zachary Hyman once again off the faceoff draw. Goes back to the D, sends it over to Leon Dreisaitl, who unintentionally makes a beautiful, beautiful feed over to Zach Hyman. Sprawling to Delkovic, he was out of position because the puck took an incredible bounce. Off a face-off draw, big dogs doing what they do. I mean, at this point, the oil rolled. Yeah, I mean, it was a weird play from Dreisaitl. I think it was like a, a half shot, right? Like, I, I don't think it was a pass by any means, but a couple Did of deflections. Did he intend to do that? <laughs> I think he, no, I don't yeah, think so. I don't think he did. I think if you watch it, like, he kind of shoots, and then it's like, it's like ah, maybe I shouldn't shoot, and it luckily deflects for him. And who else but the Hymenator goes to the net and gets the loose buck to score? That was that was excellent use of the Hymenator, <laughs> Liam. I, I love that. Harder Ryan's going to like that. I see somebody in here, Ryan S. Why are we complying? He's slow. The guy is scoring goals, but that's all he has to do. About Corey Perry, we're just breaking down the goals. And I said that he looked <laughs> slow as shit going up the ice. I think that's a fair statement to make. I know yeah. he scored the goal. Continuing, though, fourth goal for the Oilers as Ryan McLeod had a great game tonight. This was his 10th of the season, double digits. Dude, there's moments when he's ripping up the ice. You think it's Connor McDavid. There was this moment. He took a page right out of his book, sneaks it in here from the side angle. Nadelkovich dropped for just a split second, is able to beat him short side over the corner. I mean, what a, what a shot for McLeod. Balls to do that. I like that from a guy who's been ice cold, what he hasn't scored since January something. I like that. Takes guts to make that play, and he was rewarded. He had a good game tonight. Yeah, he, he was good. And then, like you said, he hasn't scored since I think it was January 28th, they said on the broadcast. But it shows where his offensive game is at this season as a whole to be making that shot. Because I think in the past, we've all seen Ryan McLeod just try and jam that puck across the crease and see if someone gets a hold of it. But to take matters into his own hand and actually take the chance and bank it off on Djokovic, his head is... Quite great play, to be honest. Hats off to him. Two great plays in that period from Ryan McLeod. 
he was big tonight. He got the depth scoring, and we'll get into it as we get into our good, bad, and oily. But I thought Ryan McLeod was excellent. And then 23 seconds after that, as we all predicted, mm-hmm. Cody Cece comes out and blasts one past Nadelkovich. You see the puck behind the net. CC steps out from the faceoff dot. CC revenge game you had mentioned in the group chat, Liam. He was robbed <laughs> earlier by his teammate, Corey Perry, but he got on the board here. You got to love it from Cody CC. If we were to think about the map, so how many goals does he now have on the Two. season? Two. So he started a new trip. He probably didn't even get that far down Highway 16, if we're being honest. I don't even know if he would have left the city limits. Now yeah. he's all the way back at Rogers Place. He's not even on the freeway down on his way to show a park yet. He's, you know, so it's uh, since since coffee came in to see the season's credit, he has seemed to have found a little bit of offense in his game in the sense of getting up there, getting some shots away, becoming involved, I guess is the best way to put it. And he sniped that one as if he's already scored 30 this season. So credit to him. Like I said, Cody CC revenge game. Some people say his best season ever came in Pittsburgh. So it was probably nice for him to get that bit of revenge after they didn't re-sign him. And we did. Gotta love it. Gotta love it doing it against your former team. And also Cody CC. Okay, as we mentioned, we'll just talk about it right here. I was having so much fun watching that game that until the intermission report when Bob brought it up, I didn't even notice they had switched to D pairings. The vibes were way too good. So if Cody CC was, in fact, demoted down the lineup, good for him. Get on the scoring sheet tonight. Get one. You always got to feel good. And he's a team player, so you got to like it. Vinny DeHernay was also good. But continuing, because there was a lot of goals this evening, we go to the third period as Connor McDavid scores his 23rd of the year. You'll see Leon Dreisel here with a nice little slick move. Little, little toey sends it on net with a beautiful shot. Once again, goes off rebound. There's Connor McDavid. He shot this one. He didn't have any time to think about that one. Puts it in the open cage. Pat had sent a text during this game, and he said right here at this point, man, just pull Nadelkovic at this point. You feel for the guy. But on the second half of a back-to-back, he was stuck in there for the full 60. This was the last one he allowed. You always got to feel good when Connor gets on the score sheet, Liam. Yeah, and roles reversed a little bit, right? It's usually McDavid <laughs> taking a shot and Dreisaitl finishing it off. But yeah, just on the Djokovic, like... I don't even think he was that bad tonight. Like any of the, how, what goal is he not going to let, let in next time? Right. Like all those goals were just like errors from the penguins in front of him. They let in numerous, like two on ones, two on O's, whatever it may be. And they made him look terrible because they were so, so bad. And one thing that was very apparent before we get too far ahead here is just like the lack of pace on the blue line for the penguins was very present. I found, and maybe even just in the forward group in general, like, this team is crazy. I can't believe how bad they are. And I, like I said, I know they're missing a lot of guys. Like Carlson didn't play either tonight, did he? So it was just kind of like, ah, I don't know. Did Carlson play? I thought I saw him out there. Did he? Did I not? I don't remember. Oh, no, 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 I didn't. No, sorry. I was thinking Latang. 55, yeah. 65. That threw me off right there. That yeah. So I don't know. How much of a difference there, would that guy have even been made to, you know? Dude, in a 6-1 game like that, and we'll get into it here with the bad when we get to that for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but... Carlson played? Like what? Apparently, Carlson played. That's crazy. Okay, so there you go. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see it here. <laughs> 22 minutes enough. of ice time. That's how, wow. that's how much when this game got the lead. I know I'm a little under the weather, but I was just having such good vibes. I was scrolling through Twitter. I'm sure we were watching, but hey. Shout out Carlson. At least he wasn't very noticeable out there. There's your $10 million D-man. Neither of us even realized. The guy was like, I did the pregame show. I thought he was out there. Okay, <laughs> that'll do it. Wait, one more. I guess we do have to bring it. Do we have the highlight? I don't even know if we want to show it. Yeah, okay, we'll show it here. Calvin oh. Pickard, cover your eyes as the shutout did get ruined here as Evgeny Malkin is able to get on the board for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm in this little... Little shitty one right there. That kind of that sucks for picks. You know, he's a team player. He's gonna say, hey, you get the win. I'm a selfish athlete. So if that was me, I would have been absolutely rattled. You don't get the shutout. And it comes on something like that. Getty Malkin, what do you have? His 17th of the season. He's not having that bad of a year when you look at his point totals. It's just he's one of few players on the Pittsburgh offense that can do anything. That'll do it for the Greta scoring summary. Brought to you by Greta Bar Yeg. Let's catch up in the chat here a little bit. 
What do we got in here, Liam and everybody? A lot yeah, of Carlson but- talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know why they'd be doing that. <laughs> wave emoji? Is that, is that what that is from Surveyor yeah, Brent? Yeah. I think the Oilers fans wait until the perfect. I mean, they could have done the wave at the start of the third period, and I wouldn't have complained. I saw it with yeah. five minutes to go. Liam, we're okay with that? Yeah, they, for me, they could have started it when that fifth goal went in. It's not about I not I don't hate the wave. There's just spots to pick it in. You did it the other day when they did it in that really tight game. It actually seemed to benefit them a little bit. So maybe I've got to reevaluate what I think of the wave and when it's good to do it. But very appropriate wave tonight. Well done, everybody. Yeah, dude, we love the wave. It's just about when you're up one goal or something like that. You can't you can't be getting crazy. But we've talked about the wave more than enough this season. And last, <laughs> let's move along to the good, bad, and the oily. Brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Because there's only one thing better than sharing memories, and that is making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross Travel Insurance protects your memories and more wherever travel takes you. Visit ab.bluecross.ca slash travel for more information. So tonight, for the good, Pat, throw it up on the screen for me here. It's the depth scoring. The McLeod and Perry goal, I thought, was a thing of beauty. It was a full 200-foot play. It was from the D zone over all the way out, skated to the last minute. You got to love that. Ryan McLeod scoring at the side of the net, finally gets off the schneid. Silky McDavid-like play. Even Cody Cece scores a freaking goal. Yesterday, Brett Kulak got the game winner, right? And that's just what you need. Everybody knows depth scoring is important. The Oilers have... Got it in spells and bits this year, but it's also gone away for extended periods. It's awesome to see them get goals from unlikely sources. You're always going to get scoring from your big dogs come the playoffs. You need a goal every game here, every game there from your D-men, Cody CC, Brett Kulax. What can you say about the depth scoring tonight? They delivered, Liam. Yeah, it came through the last couple of games, like you said, and it just needs to be more consistent, right? Um, I not everyone's going to be humming at the same time, but not everyone can be ice cold at the same time too. So I still think is an area of need come the trade deadline this coming Friday, whether it's Henrique, Sam Carrick, I don't know, bunch of names are there, right? Texier, whoever it may be. They need help, but this group right now is doing well to, to hold their own, but that shouldn't be something that uh, Ryan McLeod, uh, Ken Holland turns his butt, turns a blind eye to. Maybe Ryan McLeod is a GM one day. You never know. Hey, looks like a smart kid out there. He's got the hockey IQ. Well, what a call that would be. Clip this for 40 years down the road when Ryan McLeod is running the Edmonton Oilers. Some other in here for Mr. Burns for the good 60 solid minutes. Yeah, what did the oh, if you had the Oilers to win every period, that Malcolm goal broke your heart. That was a tough one. Oilers, they, were, they were the dominant team all game. What else we got here for goods? The I thought Kane was good. Oilers defensive play. I also thought Evander Kane was good. He had Probably some huge good. hits, dude. Yeah, he was physical. I he was at good pace on the through transitions and getting through to the offensive zone. And he should have had a penalty shot to be fair to create that from there. So he's a he's a funny skater. He just literally skates north south. There is very little time he is coming. Uh, east west with, with the puck on his stick but he i thought he had a good did a good job tonight i think the last couple of games we've seen a little bit more hop in his step so hopefully this is kind of a sign as momentum builds here for the postseason he had some massive hits out there he had the hit of the game he had multiple chances he drew that penalty as well also what was the difference between that penalty shot and the other penalty shot i will never understand this yeah. stuff i i don't know i don't know i also just don't like penalty shots. I feel like as a team, I would rather have the the two minute uh, power play anyway. And another player, I'll give credit to because I know you love him and my dad loves him. He's in the chat as well. Brett Kulak two assists tonight. Back to back games with points. The guy's buzzing, dude. Brett Kulak, shout out your dad. I didn't know he was a Kulak guy, Mister Horvath. So if you're in the chat, let me know. Let me hear it. Stick taps for Brett Kulak, man. I call him. I said it. I might have. Spoken in hyperbole earlier on pregame. I said he's an unsung hero of this team. Maybe the word hero is a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> oh, I can admit that a little bit. I'm a little biased when it comes to that, but he just does things the right way. He plays smart. He gets rewarded with goals. Two points tonight. He can play with what seems like absolutely everyone. Seems like a guy who can do everything. 
I believe he's on the second second penalty kill. At least he was at points yeah. tonight. I laugh though, just thinking there, you said about Evander Kane on the penalty shot and that players and teams would normally want the two-minute power play. I think of Andrew Kane in that moment. He might be one of the few guys that wants the penalty shot because he's not on the first power play. And he looked quite rattled when he did, in fact, not get the call. But hey, yeah. he's a goal sport. I, I noticed the same thing. I thought that was quite funny. He's like, no, I want it. I want it. And he's yeah. complaining. He's like, I think anybody else would have just said, okay, I'm gassed. I want to go sit on the bench while McDavid and Dry Settles get around for two minutes. But Kane wants to score to his credit. That's what he does best, right? So I can, uh, I can feel that one for sure. It, it's got him this far. Never change, Evander. Never change. Let's go to the bad, though, this evening. And this one, that was pretty obvious. We could go with this. We're going with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, they look like a team that showed up at 3 a.m.s. Both teams were on the second half of back-to-backs. Yes, the Pens were at the end of, what, their four-game road trip. Vancouver, Seattle, Calgary, then Edmonton. But I'll be honest, Liam, they look like a team that every single one of them had the Sunday scaries going on tonight and they just wanted to get home and go lay in their beds. It seemed from the jump, it was not going their way. You had mentioned this is probably the saddest Sidney Crosby game against Edmonton that I have seen in a while. I thought the Oilers, like I didn't even think they, like they were good on Sidney Crosby in this game. Don't get me wrong. You can live with anybody else scoring. They seemed like they were making a concerted effort to stop Sid the kid, kind of gave him extra shots when they needed to. But in general, everybody top to bottom on this team wasn't that good tonight. Yeah, I thought they were very poor, to be honest, throughout the lineup. Like, just a shell of themselves, like we said, and the deadline's coming up. They don't have, like, a ton of players they could move. Like, Riley Smith, they could probably move if they wanted to. Jeff Carter's a free agent at the end of the year, but he wants a $3 million 39-year-old Jeff Carter. Like, a bunch of other guys, like, Jensen Hawkins, maybe somebody would want him because he's 850K. And then obviously Gensel's a big one, but he's just like, where does this franchise even go from here? They're basically just waiting for their guys to retire and then just to go into this huge rebuild. And we probably won't see a good Pittsburgh Penguins team again after Crosby for like 10 years minimum. Like they have nothing. And it is, it's, I understand that you have to go in every year when you have these guys. And we want it so bad in Edmonton, too. And luckily, Pittsburgh, when they do become horrible, they have three Stanley Cups to look back on. And hopefully, the Oilers can get to that point, too, before McDavid and Dryside will go off into the sunset whenever that may be. As a fan, I don't have much Edmonton Oilers success. But just that thought of like Pittsburgh fans, you know, having to watch this all just slowly, painfully fall apart. I think of it being like a fan of the Toronto Raptors. We got the one championship and I couldn't give less of a shit what happens for the next 10, 15 years because we got that dub. Imagine you had three Stanley Cups behind you. That probably makes this process, this transition a little bit smoother. I do have to keep that in mind sometimes, but I'm not a winner like them. So I can't put myself in that spot and relate to them. But uh, hopefully that helps Pittsburgh fans sleep at night. Um, My dad commented in the chat. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let me find it. I found it. So uh, here it is. Kulak for prime minister. There you go. I have never gotten political on this show before, but that is a platform I can get behind, baby. Let's go. Brett Kulak, the local boy. Liam, me and your dad are going for beers and we're going to watch Brett Kulak highlights. That's what's going down. Uh, let's yeah. move along here, though, to the oily. And this one, it could have been the good Zachary Martin Hyman, three-time children's book author. As I said to you before the show, do you know the names of the books? You didn't? I'll read them out here. The Bambino and Me, The Magician's Secret. And Liam, what's the last one? Hockey Heroes. 
You're damn right. I joked to Pat before the show, there must be an autobiography written by Zach Hyman about himself <laughs> because he is my hockey hero. I believe he has 10 goals in his last eight games, 42 on the season. I had a good moment during the game where I just smiled like a proud dad when Louie said he chose the Oilers and the Oilers chose him. And a single tear streamed down my face because it's been the perfect marriage. You brought up editor and leaf. I love chirping Nick Alberga more than anyone on earth. Zachary Martin Hyman has been fantastic, Liam. And like the thing is, is he's sure the leading goal scorer on this team, but it's not like coming in crazy bunches. I know he scored two goals tonight and did before, but like he is scoring at such a consistent pace and it is, it's a marvel to watch. Yeah. Like, He's not exactly getting cold, is he? Like, I know I kind of thought that about a week ago, and then it's just because he didn't score in, like, two straight games, which is quite funny to think about. He's just been Mr. Consistent all season, but not only this season, like, his entire tenure as an Edmonton Oiler, like, even when he wasn't scoring goals, you noticed what Zach Hyman was bringing to the game, right? And for someone who plays the way he does, I think it's difficult to always get noticed if on the score sheet, you know, and fame to always score consistently. Now he's quite an accomplishment for him. And we always talk about, Oh, well we can just get this guy and he can play next to McDavid. We've done it with Dominic Cahoon, Ty Raddy, chase on the, the works, you know, like everyone knows who all these guys are, but how many of them besides Patrick Maroon have stuck around? And now you have Zach Hyman who has come in here and basically made it impossible to move him away from Connor McDavid and, Credit to him. He's he's the best. And there was that story yesterday, too, of him and Nugent Hopkins helping the, the I think it was a gentleman with his, who was stuck in snow. So kind of just a wild 24 hours here for Zach Hyman, I guess you could say. What can't Zachary Hyman do, man? He writes books. He scores. He's going to score 50 goals. Knock on wood. I think that's going to happen. He's saving people on the side of the road. I also like the image in my head, Liam, of Nuge and Hyman carpooling home together from the airport. Sounds like you and me, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, but yeah it definitely does. It definitely does. <laughs> Let's go. There you heard it. Aaron and Liam. Aaron and Liam, basically Nuge and Hyman. Finally, my final thing here on Zach Hyman. I saw this thing earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, and it was an Instagram post or whatever saying, who's the biggest, the word we all hate, merchant in the NHL? Oh, laptop's going to that. Let me plug that in. Who's the biggest merchant in the NHL? And the first comment was Zach Hyman, and I got to be honest, I understand why he's up there, but nobody scores 42 goals in 59 hockey games being a merchant. Okay, he's a great hockey player. He's a future 50 goal scorer. I get the merchant argument, but as you had just said, if it was so easy for everyone to play with Connor McDavid, everyone would do it. However, to be fair, I still believe Ty Ratty could do it. <laughs> We'll bring Ty Reddy back from his spell in the KHL and see if he can uh, if he can get up to some goal scoring back in the league. But yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to say those guys are merchants. It's like just to bring it to relevancy with Pittsburgh as well as like Chris Kunitz had his career basically made by Sidney Crosby, right? But nobody else did. Like you know, in that regard, like it takes a lot of skill to to do that, and those guys play huge parts in their teams. It's a bit unfair, I think, to to call. Zach Hyman, the merch, a goal merchant. Exactly. I think it's fair to say that. That'll do it for the good, bad, and the oily brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Now, I saw it earlier up here, but it's going to be way too hard to find again. But somebody said they want to see Calvin Pickard play 10 of the next 23 hockey games. That's nice. a little crazy. And by a little crazy, I mean, that's a lot of crazy. Oh, nice. Shout out, Pat. My boy's quick on the trigger. <laughs> there you see it from Simple 101. And while Calvin Pickard, I thought, looked good tonight, he was he was fine. I don't think he was overly tested. Granted, there was points where he had some good saves on Malkin and Crosby. He looked calm, cool, collected in the net tonight. He did stop a penalty shot that just happened to miss the net. He's got to be in good position to do that, damn it. I think it's just another good performance and now a fair amount of good performances. What is he? Eight, three and oh on the season. Yes. Picks is the real deal. Whether you want to believe it or not, 10 games out of 23, Liam, that's a little bad shit. Yeah. I'm just going to look through right now. So I don't think he'll play any of look, the next up, three. Liam. Oh, there we go. Look at that little thing. Okay. So I think his next star will be Pittsburgh. 
and then you can rotate through Washington, Colorado. So then he, he'll get Montreal. I'd give him Ottawa, and then you give him Anaheim. So he gets four within this next month here. And then what he plays in April will really be dictated on where the Oilers are, right? Because I know they kind of close out with Arizona. I think there's a Vancouver game in there too. So there is some big games in there still. So for me, whatever Pickett's schedule looks like in April is determined on how good or bad the others have been, right? Like how much of a race are they in? I'm going to go ahead and assume probably right in the thick of it. So I bet he'll get, so there's four games. I bet he gets, let me look here. So in, in April, they have St. Louis, Dallas, Colorado, Calgary, Vegas, Arizona, Vancouver, San Jose, Arizona. I'll say you get seven. Okay. I think we're somewhere around there. Because there's a back-to-back against Colorado and Calgary. So he'll probably play one of those games. I would guess Colorado. Then there's another back-to-back Arizona, Vancouver. So he'll probably get the Arizona game. And then that's the last three games at San Jose, Arizona, Colorado. So he'll get, say he gets a San Jose game or maybe the Arizona game again. So he gets seven. He'll get a fair amount of games. I see Pickard's in the chat, and he says, give me them all. Got to love that attitude for your backup goaltender. And then I couldn't really understand what everyone was talking about until I moved up in the chat to find it. Shout out to Nesh, Flames fan. Throw down your like if you're going to say ridiculous things like this in my chat. Who says, Hyman is not going to score anywhere near 40 again. If he was a UFA, he could have cashed in. NHLPA needs to have opt-out next time. Okay, can we screenshot that, Lance Kane? I'm looking at you. Screenshot that for next season when he scores 40 inevitably again. I will send this to our boy Dinesh. We love having you here. Everybody needs an enemy in the chat, but you have to throw down your like. That's the rule. And Liam, he must be subscribed if he's in the chat, right? You have to be subscribed if you're talking. So thanks for subscribing. <laughs> ah, all fell into my hands. That's perfect. <laughs> Let's get into it here. The hot and cold performers brought to you by DoorDash. Liam. Ding dong. DoorDash has an amazing selection of local gems and the staples you need in a hurry as well. You can try something new or get your favorite comfort dish delivered right to your door. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code, all capitals, Nation25. Emma it just popped into my head right now. You are officially not doing the pancake eating for your golf group, correct? Um. Okay. So officially, maybe not. No, it's not official yet. Yeah. But you obviously went around for the last few days. There was a, an injury in our golf league, so the other player I'm battling with to avoid the pancakes uh, has a torn rotator cuff, so he couldn't golf yesterday. So it's now I am now up. I think it's 17 strokes. Um, so he has to come in and shoot 17 better than what I did to just get past me. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm feeling confident, but it's, I wish I would have been better. My drinking strategy was poor. I'll admit I didn't do what I was supposed to do correctly. I should have probably figured you should maybe out. Explain the context of this in case people don't understand. What oh, we're talking yeah. about. So I'm in a virtual golf league and the final was yesterday and the last place person has to go and sit at Denny's for 24 hours and eat pancakes for every pancake you eat, you lose an hour. So you 24 pancakes at most. So anyway, we had yesterday was the final round, but for every beer you drank, you lost, a, you moved on and lost a stroke. So I've been thinking about my strategy and I, I kind of came to the conclusion that I was going to gradually drink throughout my front nine, but because it had been kind of, a busy day. I hadn't ate as much as I maybe would have wanted to. So I got a little, I got a little bit more tipsy than I probably should have. When in reality, I probably should have just played the first four holes to see where I was at and then should have progressively drank. But I had the great idea of, I got to my final hole on 18 and I didn't pot until I had finished two extra beers. So I managed to get a couple extra beers in there before my last stroke and then finished her off with an even 100. You gotta so, love that, hopefully. eh? A little, little century club for the boy? 
And I, yeah. I don't hate that strategy, but that is tough because you had a big day. Yeah, and you probably <laughs> Super in busy. fact did not eat a lot. But when so if he tore his rotator cuff, when is he gonna be able to golf again? Minimum of six weeks. So it's it is quite a quite a, a ways down the road. We probably won't see this. We probably won't get the final result for at least two months at minimum, I would guess. Well, people keep it locked on ON if you want to find the uh, resolution know. to Liam's golf league. That's a Damn, dude, that's that's gonna be that's gonna anxiety to hold over you for the rest bit of the year here. Yeah. But we're sticking to our hot and cold performers this evening. There is a number of players that you could pick from tonight in this game. You mentioned my boy Brett Kulak. He would have been my good and my hot performer and the oily yesterday with his game-winning goal. But I think tonight I'm gonna go a little out of the box and I'm gonna say Sam Gagne. I thought he looked good tonight in whatever limited ice time he had. What did he play? 11 minutes and 33 seconds. Big night for Papa Clutch. Give the old man his props, though, right? He hadn't played in, what, like two weeks. He had plenty of chances, tips in front of the net. I thought he transported the puck well on some entries, and he absolutely rifled one on a two-on-one, decided Fuck it. I'm going to keep this thing and blast it on net. Hit Nadelkovich, and then I believe it did hit the post. I thought Sam Gagne, he was good tonight. He had multiple chances to score, which is so funny because he plays as much as Connor Brown, way less in the grand scheme of things, but the same amount of time in the game. And he gets so many more five-on-five chances. Yeah, it was... Uh, what did Jack say on the broadcast? Like, Sam Gagne can roll out of bed and play hockey. Yeah. And it is funny to think that, yeah, they just don't play him very often, but he comes out and it's like, he's been playing every, every day of the week. So yeah, Sam Gagne is a, is a good pick for me. I'll go with Pickard. You know, I think he's been getting a lot of criticism lately and I think not rightfully so, but I understand why people have been thinking about it maybe a little bit more with the deadline coming up and it's a clear place they could upgrade. There's no doubt about it, but I think he, he did a really good job tonight. And we'll see what happens in his next start, which would probably be again, like we said, either Pittsburgh or Buffalo next weekend. I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't understand. I get maybe the name value of Calvin Pickard, but he had one bad game. Like I, it was against Minnesota. Sure, he allowed three on 19 shots. He had won six games in a row. I get it just because Stuart Skinner was a little iffy at the time. My confidence in the owner's goaltending hasn't wavered at once this season. That I, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm a little biased as well because I've created a friendship with Calvin Pickard in this <laughs> chat. So that's my boy. I'm gonna defend him till the end. But as Ken Holland said, dude, the goaltending market, that window for the Oilers is straight up closed, right? My uh my thought process about it only came up the last couple of days after Tanev got moved, because I thought there's no more right shot defenseman that are like clear, clear upgrades than like Tanev was to CC. So I thought, what if you could strengthen your goaltending instead and evidently after what Ken Holland said with Daniel Nugent Bowman from the athletic it's not going to happen I truly have no idea what's going to happen over these next few days but something's kind of come down the pipes here but Pickard has done a fantastic job since coming up to Edmonton and I'm appreciative of what he did tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins it's weird how like nervously excited I am for this week in the middle of March (laughs) There's still snow outside, but I have this weird like excitement and energy. We probably more than most because we're very tied into this. Once again, shout out Daily Face Off Live Friday. Be sure to tune in. Trade deadline special. It's going to be a hell of a good time. Liam, you'll be hanging out with me behind the scenes. You got to keep, I like, I said, I want Liam in the room just as a vibes guy. I need Liam. He keeps good energy. He keeps good energy. I think me, you, and Pat are going to be locked in the ON studio for basically the full day. I don't know what is going to happen on on the day. But I feel like a lot. I feel like a lot is going to happen. Um, there's something I just wanted to say, sorry, quickly. And this is not to call out Daki by any means because he's a loyal listener. But it's uh, Oilers scouts at the New Jersey game again tonight. I just want to say this, and this is not to be rude to Daki specifically, but like these scouts go to games every single day. Every single day throughout the entire year, these scouts are out of games. It's their job. And I love the hype, but I don't think the Oilers are getting Tyler to Foley. Unfortunately, I heard it from a scout. So. I, I said, You heard it from a scout himself, right there, Liam Horvath. <laughs> I said on pre gaming today for a nice little moment, a nice two minute conversation about 
every time I check Twitter, there's a new, the Oilers are scouting this team. They're looking at this player. They're looking at this. It changes every two hours. I open up my phone and they're linked to a new person. I am kind of a junkie for those things. So I do love it. It's a good, it's a good time. But the rumor boys, the rumor boys are a working. Digging for that one. Apologize to Daki in the chat. Let's go. I am sorry. I'm not calling you out, Daki in particular, but uh, Maine had said it is like it's literally that job. It is. Sometimes I go to hockey games because I have nothing to do. (laughs) In an attempt, in an attempt to go viral, I'm gonna start tweeting. Shirt Park Crusaders scout Liam Horvin <laughs> is out at this rink, and his cheeseburger rating was this. Yeah. Moving along, though, to the cold performer. I'll be honest with you, people. I didn't have one from the Edmonton Oilers side tonight. Looking through everything, I thought for the most part, everybody had a really good game. This one was never in doubt. Yeah. Pickard was good. I'm trying to think of a name to pick, and I'm just looking at the box score. You go first. Do you have one? Oh boy, a cold performer from this game. It's a tough one to really have anything too bad. I think just the Penguins in general again. The, the, here's what I'll say. The disappointment of not seeing a Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby classic. We have very few of them left and it didn't go the Oilers way, but I will never forget when Sidney Crosby just turned Ryan Strom inside out. Iconic moment and just cold-blooded stuff from Sid that night and He's one of the best players to ever play. And I, I was thinking about this today is like, would Sidney Crosby be on my Mount Rushmore? And I'm pretty sure he'd be like the first face on there, right? So I love watching Crosby play. I think it, we're very, it's one of those moments where it's like, I wonder if this is how people feel when McDavid comes to town, you know? Because every time Crosby comes to town, I want to watch him play. And I've never been fortunate to see him in person, but hopefully one day. I've been sick this whole weekend and I was like, I want to do Sunday. Cause it's going to be Sid and McDavid and it's going to be, it's going to be mm-hmm. top billing. Obviously didn't live up to the hype of that, but Sid, Sid, uh, let me ask you, were you a Sid or an Ovi guy growing up? You mentioned the Mount Rushmore. Let's think our generation, Liam, who's our Mount Rushmore. So mine would be Crosby, McDavid, Patrick Kane, I was, I've been probably a Vetchkin too, but for some reason, Carey Price keeps coming into my head. I just think those Montreal teams were never actually as good as they showed. And it was pretty much because of Sidney Crosby. But I've only been an NHL fan since 2010. So I think it's fair to say four or five of those guys would be on mine. Give me your Mount Rushmore's in the chat. You don't have to give me your age, but like of like your, if you want it, you can't go nuts. Um, give me like what you think it would be for me. I'm more than 95. I just wrote it down. I think mine is Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Joe Sackick, without a doubt. I was a huge Sackick guy. And then probably Jonathan Tapes. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I, I remember, so I lived here in 2007 for a bit and I went back and I would always play NHL 2K7 with uh, my friend Lucas Kemp. And it was Joe Thornton on the front, I believe. and. Uh, he would always make these teams, and every single team we made, he would always have Scott Niedermeyer and Martin Broder on the team, and Ryan Smith were his first three picks every single time. So I'm sure those three would be on his list, but those were like that was when I started to learn who all these hockey players were was because of NHL 2K7, and Joe Sackick was always one as well that we had loaded on our team too. Burnaby Joe, shout out Jason. He said Sackick is the GOAT. That wrist He's shot, sick. that snapshot, oh. It's fantastic. He's my favorite player. My room used to have pictures of him. It was a little, little fanboyish, little fanboyish, but I digress. I'll do it for your DoorDash hot and cold performers this evening. Okay, Tony says Crosby, McDavid, Solani, and Kulak. <laughs> You're playing to the right audience right there. I don't even put that one on the screen. That's Pat knowing how simple that my brain works. Yep, yeah, you're right. Taves off, Brett Kulak on for me. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way I can allow that. But Liam, looking ahead to Tuesday, the Oilers Mm -hmm. start out on their four-game roadie. They're going to be in Boston. What is it? 5.30 game. Oh, it's a pregame at 4.30 on a Tuesday. Let's go. Followed by Columbus, Buffalo, Pittsburgh on that roadie. So let me ask you, are you probably, I'm just going to take the words out of your mouth, Stuart Skinner, nod if that is accurate. That is accurate. Yep, and then give me your score prediction and an anytime goal score. Score prediction. Bruins have been kind of leaking goals recently. 
not winning as many games. Just looking at OT loss to Vancouver and Calgary, shootout loss to Seattle, beat Vegas 5-4, loss to the Islanders 5-1. I'll say the Oilers win this game in overtime. I'll say, I don't know, I'll say 3-2 in overtime. And I, anytime goal scorer, I'll take the, take the layup, Zach Hyman. Damn it, you took mine. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to go with. The Edmonton Oilers did just take the Bruins to overtime. What was that last week? And they played like terribly. That. They were awful. <laughs> Once they again, I, I, I do think on this road trip, I do expect it to be the end of Supernova. I think Connor and Leon are going to get separated on that roadie. The last time this had happened, Nobby split them up. You don't have last change. You're not on home ice. I could see something like that happen. For me, I'm going to say, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be 4-2 with an empty netter. And I don't care if you picked it. Zachary Martin Hyman is going to score a goal because that is all he does, Liam. There's some people on here. I'm just trying to look at some of these people who have given me their Mount Rushmore's. Yager, Sackick, McDavid, Lemieux. Oh, what yeah, a, that's yeah. a good Yager, Yager could be up there. And it's like, he is a part of my generation. The guy played forever. And just when he was really good, I was an infant. What do we got here? Where was Lance Kane? Gotta love this. Your M. Chuck Boardsy, Liam Bag Milk. Gotta Thank like you. that. Maynard Pavel Linesman, Hemsky Nuge. Why do I not know who those first two are? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't Tommy Sallow, Crosby Smith. Yeah, so people, good, good on you. Keep going in there. If any of you have Joe Sackick, I. I appreciate you. But Liam, I appreciate you. Thank you for stepping up, doing this, joining me on ON After Dark. We got a big week this week coming up. So everybody keep it locked on the ON YouTube. Liam, we have an early morning tomorrow for reasons we have not told people yet. Well, no, we left a little, a little some some get some guesses people can have. I think it's pretty out there who we're gonna chat with tomorrow, but it's gonna be very exciting. I think it's uh just shows where this Oilers Nation every day is kind of it's kind of come right to get an opportunity to interview who we're going to interview. So bright and early at West Edmonton Mall tomorrow. Get my beauty sleep. I already had an afternoon nap today, so I could make sure I'm ready to go for tomorrow. During this show, I saw a text pop up in our group chat from your Emchuk that said 7 a.m. bright and early, boys. See you there. Can't wait to do that, your M Chuck. Liam, thank you very much. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Be sure to throw down a like. I don't know if mine's broken, but it's at 49 likes again. Gotta bump that up to 50 at least. Get those numbers up. Shout out to our sponsors, Alberta Blue Cross, Betway 19 Plus, DoorDash for our hot and cold performers. And of course, Greta. Sunday mm -hmm. night. You want to avoid the scaries? Go check out Greta. Your Monday morning might just be absolutely awful, but your Sunday night will be excellent. I can guarantee you that. Liam, thank you very much. Pat, thank you very much. Drop a like on your way out, everybody. I already see those numbers shooting back up. It's one of my favorite parts is saying it and then looking at it slowly. Just boop, 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 boop. Goes on up there. You got to love it. Pre-gaming will be back on Tuesday, 4.30 p.m. for that one for pre-gaming. It'll be an early one as the Oilers take on the Boston Bruins. You can catch these two faces tomorrow, 1201 Mountain Standard Time for Oilers Nation every day. And this was the best way to start your week. Let's go.